this is Jada and Emlyn with our first episode of Stories Behind the Scrubs. On this podcast, we interview medical professionals in order to get a better idea of what it is they do and why they do it. We also listen as they tell us their story, recounting how they chose to go into medicine. On today's episode of Stories Behind the Scrubs, we're going to be talking to antipodum nurse Kathy Lee. Kathy Lee attended DeBakey, a medical high school in Houston, before deciding to go to college and become a nurse. Shortly after graduating from nursing school, she began work as an antipartum nurse and has now been working in the Houston Medical Center for about a year. Okay, um, so I guess we'll just kind of start uh, in high school since that's where we are right now. Um, You went to DeBakey High School, right? Yes. So that's like the medical school. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so DeBakey High School, um, it was created by Uh, Michael E. DeBakey, the famous heart surgeon. So he made a high school specifically for medical professions for, you know, students who are interested in the medical field. Um, So the first, like the first year of, you know, like your freshman year of of high school, they kind of go into like different classes that introduce you to different types of medical professions and medical terminology. Um, So they have like introduction classes to like, like dental, or if you want to do like a lab technician or nursing and into med school as well. When you originally enrolled at DeBakey, did you already know that you were interested in going into the medical field? I actually did it, you know, in middle school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do in college. I wasn't thinking that far into the future, but my mom highly suggested me to go to that school. And, you know, just to appease her, I decided to go. But after like my first or second year of high school, I actually became more interested in medicine. So I, I thank my mom for that <laughs> because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have known what I would want to do in college. Yeah. So you said um, you became interested kind of in like your second year. Uh, did you know like kind of exactly where you wanted to go? Like, did you know you wanted to be a nurse? I actually didn't. I was geared towards medical school. I knew medicine, but I think I was just naive and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I wanted to do, you know, something in medicine. I actually didn't want to go into nursing until I would say college when I became more knowledgeable about, you know, the nursing field. Wow. So, uh, so in high school, uh, your plan was kind of, so you were going to go to college a four-year school and then um, you were kind of thinking medicine, but you weren't sure. So where did you end up going to undergrad? So I went to UTSA, so University of Texas at San Antonio. Um, I did my undergrad there. And maybe like around freshman year is when I started. Um, I went looking into different like extracurricular groups. So I did go into like a medical group and a nursing group. And I think once I started like focusing on the nursing program, I started becoming more interested in the nursing field around like my second year of undergrad. And then, um, so transitioning from like high school life to college life, I mean, what do you think was the biggest difference for you? So as I reflect back with going to DeBakey, DeBakey is, it's a really difficult school. This very, they tried to prepare you for college. So a lot of the classes are like pre-AP or AP courses. So I, I think in my opinion, Debakey was a lot more difficult than in college. Really? So by the time, yeah, by the time I went to college, I felt like I was really prepared. And some of the courses were a lot easier compared to Debakey because Debakey is very, 
very strict on their studies. <laughs> as oh, I wow. should say. <laughs> so that was the big difference. I, I felt like I was a lot more prepared, you know, for college because of Debicki and the courses there. Yeah. And when you had initially um, gone into college, you know, you, like Jada had said, you had decided on going to a four-year school. Um, at that time, what was your plan? So at that time, so I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the nursing, like prerequisite, like prerequisites to get into nursing school, um, but you you only need two years of prerequisites to get into nursing school. And then once you start applying to nursing school, the nursing program is another two years. So it's a total of, of four years. So my original plan, since I was undecided with my degree, I was just going to go to four years undergrad and try to get um, like a medical or try to get into med like medical school. But I actually ended up changing my mind to do two years of undergrad and then two years at nursing school. That's really interesting. So um, so you ended up only doing two years of undergrad and then you applied to nursing school? Yeah, so I actually I was a little bit it took me a little while to figure out that I wanted to do nursing. So I did about two to almost three years of like undergraduate classes. And then I decided I actually want to apply for nursing school. So it took me about two to three years. And then I eventually applied to nursing school so I can get into the two-year program. And I did my, I applied for nursing school all over Houston. And I actually got into um, University of Texas medical branch. So UTMB in Galveston. So that's where I completed my nursing degree and I got my bachelor's degree. Okay. Um, so going back a little bit, so you're still in college at this time, right? And so, um, I mean, what was your course load like? I mean, obviously compared to DeBake, it was a bit similar, like the courses yeah. were still, but I mean, <laughs> can you kind of describe what that was like? So it was, I did actually do a, a full course load of like of classes. So in college terms, a full full course load is 12 hours of classes. So that's equivalent to about four classes per semester. So I was going to school full time as well. I was actually working part time as a pharmacy technician too for Walgreens. <laughs> so why did you decide to um, work as a pharmacy technician? Like what did that entail and why did you go that direction? Oh, actually, it was also my mom's influence. <laughs> so, you know, technically you do have to be 18 years old, you know, to be to work in the pharmacy. So she's she just suggested it just to, I guess, open my eyes and broaden my ideas for, you know, if I could be interested in pharmacy. So it was an eye opener um, because I I did not <laughs> like being a pharmacy tech. It's a it's a great job. And I do really like appreciate it for my knowledge of medicine and how it helped me in nursing school, but it made me realize that pharmacy, like the pharmacy track was not my track, <laughs> but it could be for somebody else. So, you know, my mom suggested that job for me because it's a good job, you know, to help me be more familiar with medications and, you know, my interest in medicine. And it was, it was a good job for, you know, someone who's in college. So yeah. that's how I got, how I became a pharmacy tech technician. And I did that for my whole, you know, college career, even in nursing school too. I was a pharmacy technician too, oh, wow. for a little bit. Yeah. Would you say that gave you an advantage? Your mom had said that, you know, it would be good to familiarize yourself, but mm -hmm. did you find that it helped you? Yes, for sure. Because in nursing school, 
you know, there, there is a pharmacology class and a lot of my classmates were just becoming just familiar, familiar with like medication names and the uses. And we have to learn like side effects of medication. So definitely being a pharmacy technician put me like at a way bigger advantage compared to my classmates. So definitely it's, it's a good job if you, you want, you know, to see different like parts of the medical field. So you were working, you're going to college and then nursing school. Um, what was it like, like your work and school balance or like your free time? What did you do? So in San Antonio, you know, it's, it's a lot more different than Houston, Like they have more like hiking trails and things like that nature. So on my free time, I, I did enjoy like cooking and taking my dog out on hiking trails. It was a lot more outdoorsy things. And of course, like usual things like watching Netflix and going to move <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, I noticed for me personally, because I did work, it was a little bit harder for me to have more free time compared to my, you know, my other classmates. Right. I would say. Yeah. And then just kind of like on the med, uh, med school, nursing school, like, what do you think is the most important thing that they incorporated in nursing school that helps you the most? Let me think about that one. <laughs> like as, as in that would help me like in my nursing career now or? Yeah, like as a nurse now, like as a nurse now, looking back, um, what were some of the classes or like things that they discussed that really helped you like be successful? Okay, so one of the basic classes that you take in nursing school is called pathophysiology. And it's one of the first classes that you take in your first semester of nursing school. That class, it basically goes into details of different like disease processes and what the treatment plan is, what medications you need to take and what to watch out for. So I would say that class in particular helped me become you know, a really good nurse because it be helped me become more familiar with the most basic disease processes. Um, and I would say in my undergrad career, definitely um, anatomy and physiology was the class that definitely, you know, it helps you with your foundation for nursing school. And I would advise students, you know, if if you're really interested in anatomy and physiology, then I, it's a, it's a good framework for if you decide to go into medicine of nursing school or, you know, medical school. Um. You had said earlier that it was around um, after two to three years of undergrad course load is when you decided to switch from medical school to um, pursuing nursing. Mm -hmm. What kind of in, what kind of influences helped you make that decision? One of the major things, and I'm going to be honest, is I know medicine, like medical school, is very long <laughs> compared to nursing school. Nursing school. Like I said earlier, it's a two-year process. You know, I, I respect doctors and, you know, if you have the dedication to do that. But I think me personally, I wanted, you know, to start working a lot quicker. And, you know, I did more research into nursing compared to being, you know, a doctor. And I think, in my opinion, and I see it now when I work, you know, as a nurse, you're there at the bedside, you know, with your patient, you're getting to know their story. And, you're there basically 24 seven with the patient. With doctors, you know, they're, they're very, very busy trying to handle um, multiple patients at once. So they only have maybe a minute to interact with their patients. So I, you know, I wanted to go into nursing because I know it, 
like the process to get there to start working was a lot shorter than, you know, medical school, but also just the different roles that we have compared to being a doctor. Yeah, I had never thought about the degree of patient interaction before, but um, that's really good that you're able to get to know the patients. Yeah, and I, I think that's what I really love about nursing is I get to see these patients like on their ups and downs. You know, I'm basically as a nurse, you're there to assess your patient and notify the doctor of any significant changes. So you're basically the eyes and ears of the doctor. So that's how we work together. So you're spending a lot of time with your patients. I mean, how many do you usually have? So on an average basis, I usually have three to four patients at a time. But um, so currently I am a antepartum nurse, which means I help pregnant patients before they deliver. So I don't labor patients. I don't deliver, you know, babies. So I'm there um, for patients who aren't quite ready to deliver yet because they are considered preterm or they're not ready. They're not, the baby's not full term. So on average, I have about three to four patients, but um, I'm also responsible for the babies too. And, you know, sometimes moms have multiple babies like twins or triplets. So I'm I'm responsible for the babies too in the belly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so it looks like one person, but I mean, it's a lot you have to take yeah, care so, of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you decided to become a nurse after like kind of throwing away the medical school idea. Um, but how did you decide you wanted to be an antepartum nurse? So your last semester of nursing school, they have what is called capstone. So it's a clinical rotation that um, you get assigned to. And it's basically, you're basically shadowing a nurse's schedule almost full, full time because you're basically done with your, your classes. So this is more of like, it's almost like an internship for nursing school. So I got actually got assigned to the antepartum unit. And unfortunately, I also got night shift too. So I had to coordinate doing night shift rotations and then going back to school on days and so I actually followed a nurse who is my fellow coworker now <laughs> because I actually got hired to the same unit that I had my rotations in. But basically I followed um, an antepartum nurse for my, my nursing rotations. And ever since then, you know, it was made me realize like I really enjoyed doing this job. Um, so what are kind of like the job differences between like an antepartum nurse and say like other nurses? So antepartum nurse, like I said earlier, we're basically there to help um, pregnant moms who aren't ready to deliver yet. So I I get a lot of like really like high risk moms. Um, So I see a lot of like high blood pressure patients, um, patients with diabetes. Um, They sometimes they have like preterm labor. So they start contracting before they're, they're ready to, you know, deliver. So it, it could be basically a full-term um, pregnant mom is 37 weeks. So I see any patients ranging from, I would say, 20 weeks to up to 36 weeks. But I basically, our goal on the antepartum unit is to make sure our patient pregnant and we don't want them to deliver early because, you know, in the end, if they do deliver early, that means the baby will, you know, end up in the, in the NICU. So the neonatal ICU. So kind of um, going back to like the nursing school. uh, So you said that you were working and you would go out like hiking and stuff um, when you were free. 
but how did you manage like your time management? So time management, it was like, I'm going to be honest. It was, it was a little bit difficult because I was juggling more than your average college student. I was working on top of trying to go to school. It's, it's, It's a small percentage of people who actually, actually, I would say 50%, you know, of people go to college, just strictly college. And then the other half, they do work like I did. Honestly, it's just, you have to manage your time really well. And um, I only worked part-time, so that did help a lot with, you know, trying to manage both. But I also had, you know, friends that I made sure that I would see. And I basically, it it was a little bit hard to (laughs) manage my time, but if you're strict with it, I, I think you can do it. <laughs> so uh, while you were in nursing school, I'm sure, uh, you know, there was a lot of preparation being done for the NCLEX. What was your experience mm-hmm. with that exam overall? <laughs> so so we, we call it the NCLEX. And the NCLEX was the hardest test and you can talk to any nurse about that it is the hardest test you're going to take in your nursing career it gave me the most like anxiety i've ever had and i'm not an anxious person <laughs> so basically the nclex um there's a minimum of 75 questions that you need to pass but it is a like a computer based test that it, basically it it either adds so it, it can add how many questions that the computer thinks it needs for you to pass. So there's a specific bar that you need to answer this amount of questions. But if the computer system doesn't think that you're doing well, it'll keep adding questions until it thinks that you're competent. <laughs> so it's not a set question. It could either be a minimum of 70 questions. And I think the maximum is like 200. It's, 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 it's a crazy number. So luckily for me, I think my passing point, I think I passed at 82 questions. So I didn't have to go too far, but people don't know if they're going to, like if the test is going to end or not, they just keep going and going until it ends. So that's why I say it. <laughs> that test gave me so much anxiety and <laughs> I'm not even an anxious person. <laughs> yeah, so how did you study? So a lot of me and my classmates, we used um, this, uh, website it's called U World, so U as in like the letter U and then World, and it's basically um, a website that you have to pay like to. They give you practice questions, and it's really cool because they have a the website uses the same format as the NCLEX. So when I went in to go take the NCLEX, it was it's kind of like I was taking the same questions, um, but basically and they give you rationale of why that answer is correct or wasn't correct. And basically I would study, I would take those practices every day. I would try to do 75 questions every day to mimic like the NCLEX and I would write down rationale if I missed that question. So that's what I used for UWorld to pass the NCLEX. And is preparation for the NCLEX done during nursing school or is it after? I would say it's a little bit of both. Nursing school, they try to, you know, educate you on every, they try to educate on all the topics. But I would say I was able to practice a lot after nursing school because 
during nursing school, I was so focused on trying to pass tests. And <laughs> so I would say it's like 50%, you know, they taught us in nursing school. And I would say 50% after I graduated and studied with UWorld. We had talked about uh, which class in nursing school and undergrad you felt had best prepared you for your career. Um, but on a different note, which class would you say was your favorite? Like you looked forward to it the most and you really enjoyed the content. I would say anatomy and physiology. <laughs> and I think that's why I tell a lot of people who are interested in nursing, if you take that class and it really does interest you, I think it'd be, you know, really good. It, it would probably, you would be interested in anything in med medicine because it's, it's basically you learn about the body and how the body works together. So I think AMP, it was my favorite class for sure. And then, um, you were talking about how you were studying between like towards like the end of nursing school and then uh, before you um, like got and like you got your job. So like, was there a big break between then or like, what was that like? Like the break between um, me graduating and getting hired? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say it was about a month apart because in nursing school, your last semester of nursing school, they also prepare you to um, start applying for jobs. Okay. And there's only like a certain amount of open during different seasons of the year that hospitals will hire. So I graduated in the summer and I would say after a month after I graduated, I, um, I actually started working. So I actually applied for my job, my, I would say the beginning of my last semester of nursing school. So everything kind of went pretty quick. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, so like, so everything went really quick. You were about a month out and then you got your job. I mean, what was like really different from school and then your career? So I would say with school, they basically teach you the basics of what you need to learn with each, you know, with each department. And then when I started working as an antepartum nurse, you know, you're more focused. So I'm more focused on like obstetrics nursing. So OB nursing for pregnant patients. So I would say when you do get hired, you learn to become more focused on your skills, depending on what unit you work on compared to with nursing school, they just teach you the broad general idea of each, like each unit that you need to learn. So, um, your favorite part of your job is probably um, like connecting with all of your patients, right? Um, but I mean, uh, what else like do you really enjoy kind of about going into work and just being in that environment? So my, since my job, we do have, we do have like long-term patients. So a lot of like patients who come during like their earlier stages of pregnancy, sometimes you know, they stay their entire pregnancy until their baby is full term. So obviously connecting with my patients, I, I love that part of, of my job. But also, you know, there are some times when we do get really sick patients. And I really enjoy like when I've put in like a lot of work and time with this patient. And, you know, the end goal is for them to deliver a full term baby. So I would definitely say I love seeing that, you know, my hard work with taking care of this patient has 
you know, gone through because then they, they actually get to deliver their baby and the baby's healthy. They don't have to stay in the NICU. So I think that's one of my favorite parts of them. Um, and then uh, you said earlier that you're working sometimes with like these high risk patients. I mean, what is it like, what was it like the first time that, you know, something like a case didn't really go the way that you guys wanted it to? So usually if there's only so much you can do with a pregnant patients, sometimes with all the medicine that you can give them and all the interventions that you do, sometimes these patients are really sick. And unfortunately, the only end goal or like the end result is to send these patients to labor and delivery. And some of these disease processes, no matter what you do, the only thing that you can do to help this mom or this baby is to deliver them, which is, is kind of crazy because sometimes just pregnancies can be so, you know, can be very hard on the mom's body. And the only way to resolve it is to deliver the patient. So things can turn, you know, south really quickly if you don't fast, I would say. What are some of like the most common cases that you guys get? So basically, like I said earlier, some common is um, there's high blood pressure, you know, patients. So it's called preeclampsia or eclampsia. So preeclampsia is a disease where patients have high blood pressures and um, it can affect like their, the protein in their body. And then there's eclampsia, which is same thing as preeclampsia, only eclampsia has um, seizures in it. So ideally we want a patient to, we, we don't want them to go to eclampsia because that would be bad for mom and baby. So we like to manage their blood pressures before they get you know, to a case like that. We have patients with gestational diabetes. So that is basically I'm a mom who, she wasn't diabetic beforehand, but during the pregnancy, she became diabetic. So we have gestational diabetes. We have patients who come in for preterm labor. Um, so either they start contracting and they're not quite ready for it to deliver, or um, I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with the cervix in the OB world. So the cervix is basically what holds, you know, it prevents you know, the cervix is what holds the pregnancy. So if the cervix starts shortening, then the mom could deliver early. So sometimes there's moms who have short cervixes and who need to be on complete bed rest because even, you know, even getting up to use the restroom, they can put them at risk for delivering, which is, is crazy. Um, um, and also, so this is interesting, but then this year, now we're actually, our unit is actually getting COVID positive patients too. So it's, it's, it's been a wild ride as being a new nurse because this is my first year of being, and now I have to learn a whole new disease process, which everybody's trying to learn as well. So for the beginning of this year, so we, we're still having COVID cases and it's still a learning process, but now we're taking care of COVID patients too with pregnancy. So it's been a crazy ride for all of us. Yeah, I can only imagine what kind of transition that was going from nursing school immediately mm -hmm. into the field and in the middle of a <laughs> pandemic and figuring it out along with everyone else and navigating yes. a career. Yes.
that was definitely that was it was a rough ride because not only was I getting my confidence as a new nurse, but now I have to learn, you know, a whole new disease with the pandemic. Yeah. So how does that all affect like your unit? So we actually we don't see a lot of cases. I would say at most we see about two, three cases, you know, during our shift. But it's been, it's definitely been hard because we we have to keep those patients on a separate unit away from our regular patients. And um, those nurses have to be either one-on-one or two-on-one. So basically what that means is that nurse can only have up to two COVID patients at a time. And she can only focus on those two patients. She can't see other regular antepartum patients because it's that would be considered cross-contamination. So it's definitely had an effect on our staffing because it, it really brings down our staffing with the nurses on the floor. I was just curious, uh, how would you describe the interactions that go on within uh, your hospital that you're aware of between different professions? We talked about at DeBakey, there were a lot of, uh, of course, there are a lot of different paths you can go down still in the field of medicine. But of course, at a hospital, uh, it's a place of convergence. So how would you describe these interactions? So as a nurse, I definitely, I feel like as a nurse, you are the main person to communicate the needs of the patient between the different fields. So of course, I'm the the nurse is the one who, you know, talks to the doctor and communicates any major changes. And then there's other professions that we have like respiratory, there's social worker, there's so many different people that we interact with. But um, as a nurse, you're basically the person to communicate what needs that patient has with each which each uh, field in the hospital, I would say. And um in a hospital setting, I mean, I feel like communication is such an important um, skill to have. Uh, so like between um, different groups, right? I mean, is the communication like, do you think it's, um, do you think it could be improved? As it like, do you mean like with the field? Yeah. People have heard of like how doctors sometimes um, like speak down to nurses or like different fields don't really think of each other as highly. I mean, do you see that in your, like your everyday work? Like, what is that like? So me personally on my floor, I, I haven't had any bad interactions with doctors. I think it's because we are considered a high risk floor. So a lot of the doctors I work with are, they're, they're specialists. So they, they specialize in high risk pregnancy cases. So me personally, I haven't had any issues with communicating with doctors. Our, our doctors at our hospital are amazing and they communicate with us really well because in the end, we just we all have the same goal of helping the patient. So that's why I don't think, you know, we actually work side by side the doctors and I haven't had any experience where doctors speak down on me. Of course, I mean, it, it could happen if like a nurse makes a mistake but, you know, as a new nurse, you know, I don't, I don't know everything that, that comes along with each case. So I always make sure I, I ask my, my coworkers, my charge nurse. So I would say as a new profession, I think it's best if you ask questions so that you can prevent yourself from making mistakes because it, you know, as, as a medical profession, it, it, it can have a detrimental effect on you, on your career or your patient's life if you make a mistake. So that's why I think 
I haven't really had any bad experiences with doctors or like doctors talking down to me because it's been really good communication on both sides. That's uh, that's really encouraging to hear that. Uh, of course, there, uh, of course, there are complaints of such interactions happening, but uh, especially, I think that's really good advice to ask questions. I know sometimes people are afraid to ask and uh, be perceived as um, like not knowing the answer, but uh, it's definitely good to. I agree with you. It's good to reach out and uh, understand the situation to avoid making future mistakes. And I will definitely add to that because in the nursing field, you know, I still meet older nurses who have questions that, you know, they, they're not familiar with certain situations or certain procedures or medications. So I have even had older nurses ask me for advice on a situation. So, you know, I would say nursing in general is a field, it's a good field if you want to continuously learn and grow because you're going to meet people and you're going to, you're not going to know everything as an, even as an older nurse. So it's definitely, it's a good career if you want to continue, you know, learning and expanding your knowledge. I know both Jada and I are interested in is that um, it's continuous learning. Like there's constantly new Mm -hmm. knowledge and um, new developments and no one, not one person knows everything. So I think that's something uh, really positive about the field. Mm -hmm. And especially with COVID, you know, this is completely new for everybody, not for nurses, but, you know, including doctors, like respiratory, it's it's new for everybody. So that's a great example of, you know, how we we keep learning in this field. Yeah. So um, let's kind of try to shift balance and like all the way from like back in high school, uh, college, nursing school, like up until like your career now. I mean, what's some advice that you'd give to students um, who are interested in becoming nurses or other medical professionals? So my, my biggest advice, especially if you're going into undergrad and you're uncertain of what you want to do is definitely join extracurricular groups, you know, kind of dip your toes into different groups to see what you may think that you like, you might not like it. So if you talk to different people and try to, you know, understand different points of views, I think it'll help you if you go to extracurriculars and see what you may think you like or what you may not like. Because a lot of, I feel like, you know, when I reflect back on my college career, I think my biggest thing was I I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I think a lot of students, you know, are kind of unclear what exactly they want to commit to, because I know college can be kind of intimidating. You have to focus on one career that you're stuck with the rest of your life or not. You know, some people change their minds, you know, midway through their career. But I would definitely say for sure, join different groups. And I don't know about now with COVID, but (laughs) definitely try to talk to different people and see if they have the same interest in, you know, with what you have. And it could spark something that you might want to, you know, delve into. Joining groups, like you said, and all those extracurriculars, I mean, those should definitely uh, help someone make those decisions. But then deciding kind of exactly what path you want to take. I mean, what did you use to kind of help you? People or experiences? What really helped you um, make those decisions? I did have two personal experiences that did really have a big impact on me. Um, My freshman year of college, my stepdad actually was diagnosed with kidney failure. 
So throughout my whole college career, I would see him struggling with, you know, different medical appointments and, you know, all these doctor visits. And I would see like a lot of nurses, you know, help him out a lot. And it, I, I think it kind of opened my eyes to nursing. Um, actually, we we just got recent news that my my dad got a kidney transplant. So this past week, we've been dealing with with his hospitalization, he's actually going to get discharged tomorrow. So that's some big stuff that's happened in our family. But I would say that was a big impact with me choosing nursing. And then also, right before I got to nursing school, my grandma passed away from a hemorrhagic stroke. And, you know, before she passed, she was in the ICU. And I, I still remember the nurse, like to this day, and I remember her name of the nurse who of my grandma. But she she was just so compassionate with with everything that we were dealing with. And, you know, we we knew that she was going to pass, but it really helped that she was our nurse and she was taking care of not just my grandma, but like our family, too. And I think that also really opened my eyes and it kind of made me want to have that same impact on my patients, too. So I would definitely say those two experiences made me want to choose nursing. Yeah, um, I know for sure, like my brother was in the hospital for a while. And I mean, the nurses really do make a big difference, like just the patient interaction and talking to the family, helping them understand. Um, I think it was like a really big deal. And it really helps the family. Yes, of course. And that's what I love about nursing. You, you get to, you get to know so much, so many different people and their families and their, you know, different life path. So I definitely would think if you want to be a nurse, you have to be a people person for sure. Yeah. That's, that's really wonderful to hear. And um, I just wanted to say, we've really appreciated your insight and um, thought, thoughtful advice that you've, that you've given us. Um, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And uh, we hope that all continues to go well uh, as well as possible as you continue your work in the field. Thank you guys. Good luck with your careers. I mean, are you guys, are either one of y'all considering nursing or, med- or like medical field or like being a doctor or anything like that? I think we're both considering the medical field. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for Jada, but I myself am keeping my options open. Like you had said, uh, decisions can happen at any time and your influences can shift uh, seemingly overnight. So Yeah. I mean, I think the most important thing is just to talk to different people and see what they're doing. Like, I mean, what it's like to have the job that they have and just kind of put yourself in their shoes. I mean, you really don't know what you want to be until you hear what all these different people are doing. And I would say, um, I don't know if you you guys can do this now because of COVID, but definitely go out and try try volunteering in hospitals to see maybe if you can shadow a nurse for a day, shadow a doctor. I definitely feel like that that will help you guys too. You can see what the doctor sees and what they go through on a day-to-day basis. So that could be very helpful too. It was great to finally talk to you and thank you so much for doing this with us. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening to Stories Behind the Scrubs, and thank you to Kathy Lee for joining us for our first episode. If you look forward to hearing our next podcast, click the subscribe button and be sure to follow our social media by going to Instagram and following Stories Behind the Scrubs. Mm-hmm.